Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas for Eschanan. According to the Chinuch, Pashas for Eschanan contains 12 mitzvos, 8 positive, and 4 restrictions. But it doesn't only contain mitzvos. Just look at the mitzvos that it contains. There is such excitement in this parsha, the parsha following Tisha B'Av, Shabbos Nachamu, which gets its name from the Haftorah, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, to console the Jewish people. Look at the mitzvot that you have. You have the Shema contained in this week's parsha, which gives us, one, the mitzvah of Achdus Hashem, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echod, literally the existence of God, the uniqueness of God, the mitzvah to love God, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, the mitzvah of the recitation of the Shema, the mitzvah of Tefillin Shel Yad, the mitzvah of Tefillin Shel Rosh, the mitzvah of putting a mezuzah on the door, which we'll get back to later, as well as the prohibition against intermarriage. Now, in addition, before we get to the parasha, let's understand, today is a very special day in Jewish history. Today is the 15th of Av, Tuba Av, and the Mishnah tells us at the end of Tanis that there were no happier days for the Jewish nation than Yom Kippurim and Tuba Av. Yom Kippur because the Jewish people received atonement and the Jewish people uh, received the second set of luchos. What happened on the 15th of Av? So the Talmud lists several things which occurred, including this is the day that Mesei Midbar stopped dying. For 39 years, the people in the desert dug graves on the night of Tisha B'Av. They lay down. In the morning, Moshe would say, let the living arise from among the dead. 15,000 died each year, and the last year there were 15,000 left. Well, what happened was they dug their graves that they had done in the past, and the next morning, Tisha B'Av, they awoke. They thought they miscalculated. They did it again and again until the 15th of Av, when they saw a new moon, and they realized that God had spared the people. There are other things listed. You can find them on the bottom of Lamid Amid Bay's 30B in the Gemara Ta'anis. Um, the girls danced in terms of increasing Shiduchim. The boys would come and pick out their uh, Bashert. Um, I don't want to go into all the points. We do find as well that on Tishabav, we remember that the city of Betar fell. Hundreds of thousands of Jews were killed. And the Romans, Yimach Shemam, did not allow the Jewish people to bury their dead. On Tuba'av, two years later, they were given permission to bury their dead. And Hatov Shalom Hisrichu, Hashem literally created a miracle that the um, dead did not um, listen carefully. Uh, decay and give off a foul odor. And finally, God was good that he afforded them Kavura burial. I'd like to come back to Tuba'av in a few moments 
and focus on one of the mitzvos that's contained in this week's parsha, which I think requires a little bit attention, and that is the mitzvah of mezuzah. The first thing that must be said is that the Torah legislates uchasav tom al mezuzos beisecha uvisharecha. You are to inscribe them these parshios, the first parsha of Shema and Vyohavta, and the second paragraph of Vahayotim Shemoa, are to be placed on your homes and on their gates of your cities. Homes, my friends, doesn't mean only the front door of your home or your apartment, but rather each room which could have the uh, area of a four by four, right? Amos, which is approximately an area of six feet, and a room that's used for kavod, as opposed to obviously a bathroom, um, requires, each room requires its own mezuzah. If you have questions as to where exactly to place a mezuzah, or if your room requires a mezuzah, please consult your local Rav. Now, in terms of the significance of mezuzah, I'd like to share with you the last Rambam in Hilchos Mezuzah. Easy to remember, chapter 6, Halacha Yud Gimel 6.13. The Rambam often ends various sections of law with a thought which is a philosophical one and very often one of Musar. Says the Rambam, A person has to be very careful regarding the mitzvah of mezuzah because this law is for all men, women, tamid, constantly, you're obligated in the mitzvah of mezuzah, day and night, all the time. And whenever that a person will enter and leave his home and his room, if he will encounter with that mezuzah, the oneness of God, the uniqueness of God, Shmo Baruch Hu, literally the essence, the name of God, the Yiskor, he'll remember, Ahavaso, the love of Hashem, Vieor Mishnaso, and this will awaken him from his slumber, from his sleep, Ushkiyaso, and from his mistakes, Behevle Hazman, that which a person unfortunately is literally sunk into the vanities of the time, and rather, vieda, and he's going to remember, what is eternal, my friend? What lasts forever? forever. Just the knowledge, namely, of the existence of God. When you remember this, that that's the only thing which is eternal. It literally puts the person in the right perspective. And he goes in the way of the righteous. Now, this Rambam 
interestingly, sounds very familiar to that which we find in the Rambam in chapter 3 of Tshuva, Halacha 4, where the Rambam writes, even though the Torah does not give us a reason why we are to blow the shofar, the Torah just says, blow, remez yeshbo, there is a, literally, a strong message that accompanies the blowing of the shofar, klomar, what is the, to- the uh, shofar telling us? Uru yeshenim mishnaschem, those who are asleep, wake up, it's a wake-up call. V'nirdamim, those who are slumbering, hokitsu mitardam maschem, wake up from your slumber. Chipsu ma'asechem, you should investigate and go through carefully your actions. And chizru b'tshuva, repent, v'zichru borachem. And remember your Creator. Interestingly, the Rambam is writing that what the shofar accomplishes, the mezuzah does as well. We don't usually look upon the mezuzah as a shofar. So the first thing is, yes, they share in that they're both to wake us up. However, one might perhaps suggest the following interesting difference, that in reality... They are a contrast one to another. The shofar is that loud call of the shrill. And think about it. If we blew the shofar every day, would the shofar have that same effect upon us? And the answer is probably not. So the shofar proclaims loud and clear on the two days a year that we blow it. And the mezuzah proclaims in its silence, loud and clear throughout the year, the exact same message that the shofar is proclaiming. And interestingly, there is both in Hebrew and in English the expression of mayim, shketim, chodrim, amok, or as we say in English, still waters run deep meaning that from the silence there's also often great knowledge that emanates therefrom, and that's what's happening over here. Rav Blach, Zechrona Levracha, the tells of Rosh Yeshiva, pointed out that contrast how we celebrate our Hanukkah, how the non-Jewish world celebrates its 4th of July with the fireworks. The fireworks make a big ta-da-ta-da, it's just there for a moment, and then it's gone. The Ner Hanukkah is very, very faint, but it's there, and it makes its impression for a long time. It's got to burn minimally a half an hour, and it makes a powerful impression upon our souls. I'd like to share with you a uh, two things. First of all, a interesting insight that Rav Friend, Rav Yisachar Friend, pointed out in a talk that he gave on August the sixth, two thousand and four, five seven six four 
which he entitled The Silent Witness. Based upon the puzzle, that we have in this week's parish, listen to the following. The mezuzah stands like a sentinel at the door. We pass it whenever we enter or leave the room. What are we to think as we look upon the mezuzah? What are we to contemplate when we see the letter Shin on the case and are reminded of the Holy Scrolls within? The Rambam at the end of his presentation of Laws of Mezuzahs tells us to think about the eternal nature of the Almighty. This will inspire us to awaken us from our slumber, come to the realization that nothing in this world is permanent other than the Almighty, His Torah. Why does the mezuzah remind us of these concepts? Perhaps it is because the mezuzah is a silent witness to the ebb and flow of history and human events. Think about the mezuzah of an old shul or some other venerable edifice. It has been standing there for decades, if not centuries. It has seen infants brought into the shul to be circumcised. It has seen these same people grow old, brought into the shul to be eulogized and buried. It has seen generations come and go. It has seen empires rise and fall. It has seen the birth of ideologies and their demise. In the last century alone, our hypothetical mezuzah would have seen humanism, capitalism, materialism, as existentialism, each embraced as life philosophies and then discredited. It would have seen the rise of the Soviet Union and communism and their ignominious collapse. It would have seen the creation of the Third Reich, the thousand-year Reich, its perpetration of the Holocaust against the Jewish people and its ultimate defeat and destruction. It would have seen the birth of Israel and its growth to maturity. When the railroads were introduced in the 19th century, people thought the new technology was so perfect it would never change. The railroad companies sold corporate bonds for centuries in advance. And where are they all today? On the scrap heap, along with their rusting trains. Why does the Torah consider it important that we put the mezuzah up? Because everything constantly changes. Nothing is permanent. But only the Almighty and His Torah are permanent. Finally, the Gemara in Avodah Zarah, 11a, tells us about Unculus, who converted, and the Roman Caesar sent uh, soldiers to bring him back. On his way out, he saw a mezuzah on a door, and he put his hand on it, which, by the way, is the origin of our custom, to place our hands and kiss the mezuzah, and there's no mitzvah to kiss it, but there is that custom that some do. Now listen carefully. He asked them, what's this? the mezuzah, and they said, they don't know, tell us. So listen to what he said. He said, the way of the world is that a king of flesh and blood, he sits inside his palace and his servants guard him from the outside. But us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God, Avodav Mibifnim, God's servants, the Jewish people, are inside our homes, and he, Mishamron Mibachutz, he guards us from the outside. That's why the name Shakai, Shindalad Yud, found on the mezuzah, is understood by many to mean Shomer, the Rasos Yisrael. God literally protects the doors of Israel. 
What did we see about Tu Ba'av? We saw that Tu Ba'av, God showed a special protection for the Jewish people. The last 15,000 didn't die. The um, those who were not buried at Betar, there was a special protection. The mezuzah symbolizes this special hashgacha pratis, this special divine providence that God has over the Jewish people, as the Ramban writes at the end of Parshas Bo. I urge you, when you go to someone's home and they don't have a mezuzah, well, keep in mind what kind of a gift you can get them soon after. Buy them a mezuzah. Tell them how important the mezuzah is. Check your mezuzahs. They ought to be checked twice in seven years and realize that, as the Ramban writes, they're just for a few dollars and don't skimp. Buy a mezuzah, which is kosher, buy a mezuzah which looks like it came out of a Sefer Torah so clear because it is not only a biblical mitzvah but as we see from the Gemara in Avodah Zarah it is a indicative of Hashem's special protection for us, His love for us and we show our love for Him by not only getting a nice case but it's what's in the case which counts and this, please God, should be a protection for all of Tzai Yisrael. Le'ol may ad. Shabbat Shalom to all.